welcome back to That Oxford Girl podcast. I'm Polly Wilson and I'm the host of this podcast where each week I invite on a current Oxford student to discuss their time at the university. This week my guest is Eve Tranter. Eve is in her fifth year at St Anne's College studying medicine and I'm really grateful to her for coming on the podcast to speak about the very specific demands of the admissions process and the six-year-long course and she has some really, really fantastic tips for prospective applicants and so I really hope you enjoy the conversation. So I'm joined now by Eve Tranter to discuss her time as a medical student at the university. Thank you very much for speaking to me. Hi, no problem at all. Thanks for having me. Uh, so I'd like to know a little bit about your background in applying, if you would. Yeah, so um, I'm from a little town in South Wales and um, not many people kind of go to Oxford from where I'm from. Um, but when I was in the early years of my secondary school, my French teacher talked a lot about her daughter who was at Oxford um, studying medicine. And I was thinking about medicine all throughout school because I kind of loved the classic. I loved science. I'm a people person. And so it kind of seemed like a really good fit for me. Um, and then when I heard her talking about this beautiful city um, with like great education, um, fantastic opportunities, and the fact that it was the best uni in the world, um, my eyes were kind of set on it. And then I spent, you know, my the rest of my school uh, career and then my A-levels kind of working towards that goal. And so the application process has sort of changed a little bit over the years but essentially you have to take an application test as is the case for many of the subjects so what were the kind of things that you did to prepare for taking that test um yeah so I think that I just got really familiar with how they assessed candidates um so you have to take either the UCAT or the BMAT for medical school and different medical schools want different scores and um won't obviously want either of those tests um so for oxford when i was applying you needed um a certain score in the bmat um now i think they are going to start using the uk cat um which is a the test that a lot of other unis use as well but i kind of was just very familiar with working towards the the score and the goal that i uh, needed to achieve kind of to get an interview and it's almost all about making sure you know which school wants what score and if you're just achieving the right parameters for that um and so I just spent lots of time doing lots of practice questions kind of like revising for any other exam really making sure that I knew the syllabus I knew exactly what they were going to examine me I think that's a kind of key pitfall of a lot of people with the BMAT and the UK CAT is that they aren't actually exactly familiar with which parts of the A-level syllabus are being tested um, I think just going through the syllabus is, and making sure you've got all the points down is a really good plan. And then, yeah, just um, doing as many practice questions as I could. And I didn't like pay for any courses. I didn't pay for someone to, you know, teach me how to do it. Or I didn't spend loads of money on like loads and loads of different textbooks. I think I just bought one like 1000 BMAT questions book and similar for the UCAT and just use that and you can even try and get them out of like school libraries they're a great place I'm sure they would have lots of copies and also there's loads and loads of like questions and resources online so I think I would just encourage people to like use those um, and just be familiar because I think like a level, an A-level exam the more familiar you are with the content the more mm-hmm. comfortable you are to do it. <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, so um, I think there's this like misconception with medicine that you need to have done all the work experience under the sun um, and have a really, really long list of credentials. But actually, I think thinking about the experiences that you already do have and how they might make you a good doctor and indeed a good medical student is a better way of looking at it. Um, so I have grown up playing loads of sport and I spent a lot of time swimming when I was younger and so when I turned um, like about 15 I started volunteering at a disability swimming club and I did that for um, about yeah three years all the way up until I kind of um, came to Oxford and that just taught me a lot about you know having empathy being able to communicate in lots of a variety of different ways being creative with that um, and also just like being patient and being able to measure someone's progress. And I think they're all skills that are all really relevant to being a doctor. And so I kind of that talked about that a lot in my application um, and again at interviews. And I think it was experiences like that that I sort of reframed in my mind and also reframed when talking about interviews and talking about medical experience um, that helped me. Similarly, I used to um, play in the school band and we would go around at Christmas time, all the elderly care homes and play for them. And I think just like afterwards, sitting down and chatting um, to, to the residents really helped me develop my communication skills. And hence, I was then able to talk about that. And actually having that experience under my belt probably helped me more than when I came to medical school and I was on the ward talking to patients rather than, you know, just standing in the background of a surgery when I was 14. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, encouraging people to kind of get creative with the experiences that they do have um, is definitely something. Mm. And we were talking before about the fact that there's maybe a bit of pressure on uh, medical applicants to have some sort of work experience under their belt. But actually, you had a really creative way of thinking outside the box with the notebook that you kept on, if you could explain that for the listeners. Yeah, sure. So um, I think running up to my application, I was overwhelmed with the kind of um, not like breadth of resources online that say you need this skill, you need that skill, or you need to tick all these boxes. Um, and so what and something that commonly gets asked in interviews is like, how did you develop teamwork skills? How did you develop empathy? So a way in which I thought about bringing kind of all my experiences together and channeling them was that I had a notebook in which I wrote down on each of the pages a key skill that a doctor needs. And these are outlined in a really nice document by the General Medical Council called the Duties of a Doctor. Um, and so there's, as I said, a range of different skills that are kind of tested in interview. Well, whether it be problem solving, communication skills, teamwork, et cetera, et cetera. So I kind of titled those on a different page in the book. And then I wrote down beneath all of the experiences I thought I had, which related to that. So that then when I was preparing my, for my interviews and kind of also when I was writing my personal statement, I was able to kind of really reflect on what I'd done and how that was going to help me. And similarly, for, for things that I'd read, so um, especially for Oxford, they love you to um, kind of really engage with your subject and engage in the areas that you find interesting. So um, I remember at the time there was a lot of talk about like 
different flu vaccines that they were trialing um, and the different strains of the flu virus and how kind of the UK followed the pattern of Australia because of the seasons. And I read an article about it literally on BBC News. Um, and every time I did that or every time I read something new, I would write also write that down in my book. And I would literally just write like BBC article, flu, and then one point that I'd taken away from it, like a reflection. And I think getting used to doing that from an early stage when you prepare for your presentation is really, really helpful because when you're at interview, um, not just for Oxford, but for all of the medical schools as well, one thing they really want you to do is reflect and they don't want you to just say, I read this article. They want you to say, I read this article and I learned this and then I did this. And so I think getting into that habit with this notebook um, helped me then when I came to interview and had to do that out loud. Yeah, it's such a good idea. And I think actually it would have great application across a, a whole breadth of subjects. Mm-hmm. Um, for medical students in general, they they have a lot of interviews to face when it comes to applications, um, yeah. not just at Oxford. And they, they vary in their sort of manner, their approach mm-hmm. at different universities. So what, what are the main differences between Oxford interviews and interviews at other universities, medical schools? Yeah, so at Oxford, it's a panel interview, um, which means that you'll be on your own in a room with two or three of the tutors um, and you'll sit there for about half an hour um, and have a chat about your application um, and about they'll ask you some questions about science. They'll ask you some questions maybe about ethics, some clinical scenarios. And it's just a 30 minute conversation um, and that's the interview. And at Oxford, I had um, two interviews at each of the colleges that I got interviewed at. So for medicine, it's standard that you get interviews at two colleges, usually the one you apply to and then one other random, but it could also just be two random. So you end up in the kind of whole interview process at Oxford having about four 30-minute interviews. And then the other universities, um, it's more of a multiple mini interview format. So that means that um, you go to the university and you'll be there for um, maybe half a day and uh, you sign in and then you get put into kind of an interview circuit. So there'll be seven or eight different stations, um, which each last about six minutes. And there will be kind of like a buzzer will go off and you'll read the question stood outside the station and you'll have a minute or two to think about it. And then you'll go into the interview station and there'll be one interviewer there. um, And then you just kind of talk to them for six minutes. And it's a bit funny because you you kind of just have to talk at them for six minutes because to make it fair for all the candidates, they're not really allowed to ask you any follow up questions because obviously each candidate will reply in a different way. Sometimes there'll be a set follow up question that they have to ask, but more often than not, you're just trying to answer a question for six minutes or however long the university states. And that will vary slightly between unis. Um, So yeah, it's two different experiences. And I think each have their pros and cons. Um, But it does mean that, you know, the preparation for each type is a little bit different. Um, So yeah, I think that's just something that's really important for people. Mm-hmm. And the interviews that you had at Oxford were split into two different kinds as well. You had clinical and science. What can you expect from each of those interviews? Yeah, so different colleges do it in different ways, but generally um, they definitely want 
they definitely want um, to test your like scientific knowledge. So, or rather your scientific reasoning, because they don't actually mind like all other subjects. They don't really mind what you already know. They just want to know how you think um, and test that. So that could be as in lots of other subjects that could be they'll give you an article or they might give you some data or maybe a photograph um, and then they'll get you to talk about that and kind of push your thinking on that um, and I've heard a whole weird and wonderful variety of things that people have been asked uh, from like getting given a bone and being asked to talk about that to getting given a graph about type 2 diabetes for example so that's kind of the sciencey side. Um, and then also they are testing, you know, how you're going to be as a doctor. So there'll be some, there might be some ethics questions. So it's really important to get familiar with thinking about ethical reasoning. Um, but also there could be just some questions about medicine in general, you know, like why do you want to be a doctor? Um, so yeah, different colleges, some colleges like actually split the interviews completely so one will be science and one will be clinical but some colleges will mix both in, in interviews and some colleges just do one interview that's like 40 minutes long and has a bit of everything in it so there's no kind of like um one size fits all they mm. do it in their own way um but yeah that's kind of what you can expect mm. i'm just thinking for those really vast questions when they say why do you want to be a doctor do you have any advice for how to approach that because that is quite sort of difficult to even begin to answer yeah definitely um I think that tr I would say try not to be too broad and generic um try and think of a uh, reason that's like really try and be put as personable to you as possible um uh if whether that's like a specific experience you've had that really triggered that reason for why you wanted to be a doctor or whether it's something that you studied in school. Um, for example, if you like really were intrigued by learning about the anatomy of the heart in GCSE biology. Um, but I would just try and say, um, try not to stick with the more classic reasons and um, think of something that no one else is gonna going to have said, mm. um, which is, you know, it is really tricky. But And of course, you can also then say all of the other more classical reasons such as, I really like working with other people in a team. Um, I really love biological science at school. You know, they're all perfectly good reasons. Mm. And most people will have those reasons as well. But I would just say try and think of something that you did or an experience that you had that also really triggered that want to study medicine. Yeah. Um, so the actual course itself is sort of unlike anything else that you mm -hmm. might study at any university, let alone Oxford. Um, it's in it's over the course of six years, of which yeah. three are your sort of undergrad, broadly mm -hmm. speaking, and then three you're you're actually working a, a nine to five, as it were. So could you give me a bit yeah. more of a sort of an, an insight into how that course works? Yeah, so exactly as you said, um, the first three years are your preclinical years. So they'll largely be based of lectures, um, anatomy classes, practicals in pharmacology, physiology, um, sort of you name it. And so that's the first three years. And when you're studying for your um, bachelor's degree in medical sciences in the third and final year of the undergraduate bit, um, you also get the opportunity to do a eight week long research project, which is really unique to Oxford. Um, so that can be in a lab, um, 
at the hospital um so kind of doing more clinical work or it could be at a like pathology lab um, in the medical sciences department or in immunology or embryology such a huge array of things and to get involved with and it's really exciting because so many of the um like tutors that you get the opportunity to work with are kind of cutting edge in their field which is like just so cool um or if you know if you really wanted to you could do like a coding project a uh, public health project um which is like epidemiological there's such a wide array of things to do there so that's the first three years and then you move up the hill as we say in oxford which basically means you go up to the hospital and the john ratcliffe hospital is up a hill um so everyone's kind of refers to going up the hill for the next three years so and then in fourth fifth and sixth year you're just exactly as you said in it's like having a nine to five job um whether that be packed with lectures in your first few weeks of fourth year or whether that's um on the obstetrics and gynecology ward all day in your fifth year um so it's really exciting you rotate through lots of different clinical specialties you do some general medicine you do some general surgery um, and you have really frequent teaching, really frequent bedside teaching, lots of lectures um, to support you learn as well. And lots of small group stuff, which is always really helpful if you aren't really sure on something. Um, that's just a great opportunity to be able to ask. Um, so you were at St Anne's College. Did you apply there specifically? No, I actually didn't. Um, so I, I applied to New College and I interviewed at New College and St Anne's College and I got offered a place at St Anne's and I love it and I wouldn't change it, as everyone always says, um, whatever college they're at. Um, so yeah, I love it. It's great. It's a little bit further out of town, but that actually is great because there's a bit of a bigger site. Uh, you can live there for three years um the, the building's beautiful it's got a great library it's got two libraries actually um so yeah it's I love it are you living with the other medics now um yeah so yeah I'm I'm in an all-medic house now which is uh which is different to my first four <laughs> years where I live with non-medics um but I but it's really fun um we all get on really well um yeah exactly like you said we've kind of been friends for such a long time now um or known each other for four years yeah, um, it was really really nice and a really well supported environment yeah yeah um i i've played played since my first year um and loved it ever since my first year um in in my fifth year yeah now I've, I've been in the club and it's such a great environment to be part of. Everyone is so supportive. It's a group of 50, no, we're nearly six, 60 girls in the club now, which is super empowering. And I, yeah, I wouldn't change it for the world. It's the best, one of the best things I've done at, at university. Mm -hmm. And then aside from that, you've also, of course, been involved with that Oxford girl. I wonder if you could tell me a bit about your experiences with that. Yeah, so I actually used, I came across that Oxford girl when I was uh, applying. And I, Tilly had just published her book and I entered the like book giveaway on Instagram and won it. And I never win anything on Instagram. <laughs> Ask my friends, I'm always posting on my Instagram story. I enter so many Instagram giveaways and it's the only one I've ever won. <laughs> um, but I loved it. And my mum loved it as well because 
she read the book and felt like she had like such a great idea of where I was going in Oxford. Mm. Uh, so that was kind of like the start of talk for me. Um, and then I saw Tilly at Fresher's Fear and um, was really keen to be part of it. And I was in first year pre-COVID, um, mm. COVID the end of my first year. So we kind of then, we had like termly week meetings with TOG at lots of different locations over Oxford, which was a great way to kind of explore the city with a new group of people, which I love. Yeah. And also meet people that were kind of from a similar background to me and wanted to give back. That was kind of really special. And so I've been writing like termly by termly ever since then. Um, and it was a great supportive network through COVID as well, actually. Um, it was like a little part of Oxford that I had at home that wasn't just yeah. work, which I really love because I obviously couldn't play netball through COVID. Um, so that was really, really lovely. And I helped Tilly with the that university student initiative that she did as well, mm-hmm. um, which was which was really exciting to be part of. Um, and yeah, I've I've loved the opportunities that it's brought. I've gone to the Ashmolean for a dinner experience. Oh. Um, I went to stay at the diner, uh, the Molly's Diner, which was such Very a fun, nice. cool experience and got to write about that. Um, so, yeah, I've had some really co- fun experiences and met some really nice people as well, obviously like yourself, that just all have similar <laughs> mindsets um, and all want to help, which I think is really special. I agree. Um, just before we finish, have you got any sort of parting words of wisdom for people that might be thinking about applying to become a doctor? I think just go for it. Um, don't doubt yourself. Go for it. Think inventively about what you've done. You definitely, you've done so much already for the application, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Um, and always make sure you find time to do things that are medicine. So whether that be netball, playing the piano, crocheting, going for a walk whatever it is um always find time to do other things and I think actually I would say that to anyone at Oxford find time for other things because it's so important to look after yourself yeah perfect well thank you so much for speaking to me thank you for having me my thanks again to Eve for coming on this week's episode If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe on the platform of your choice and ring the bell to be notified when the next episode goes live. Thanks again for listening.